And now, live from San Francisco and broadcasting live and worldwide on the Double Wide Network, it's Blissful Living with Rochelle Marie Lawson. Are you overwhelmed, overworked, and overloaded? You are not alone. Reduce your stress and live a more blissful life. Feel your very best. Be the best that you can be for your friends and loved ones. And now, here's your host of Blissful Living. She is the queen of feeling fabulous, Rochelle Marie Lawson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Blissful Living. I am Rochelle Marie, and boy, do I have a fantastic show for you today. Let me ask you a couple of questions. Um, First of all, happy spring. Um, I think the last time that we did the show, it may not have been, yeah, I guess it was spring, but I didn't say happy spring to all of you. So happy spring. Spring is one of my favorite times of the year because we get to see everything that was dormant come back to life and spring into the beautiful essence that it is. And then I want to thank my producers behind the scene, Wendy and Ed, for always keeping me sounding fabulous and helping the show to go flawlessly. I also want to thank our sponsor, the Health Healing and Wellness Company. They have a phenomenal array of holistic, natural medical modalities to help you experience optimal health and well-being as you travel down your path to bliss. You want to check them out at www.healthhealingwellness.com. And I know they have some specials for springtime with regards to detoxification and jumpstarting your vitality and erasing your stress, which is what our show is all about, helping you to erase your stress so that you can travel more blissfully as you walk down your path to bliss. Now, today's guest is Helen Wu. And Helen Wu um, is is quite, she has a quite an interesting uh, story, but what's behind her story is self-aid, and it really is inspirations to turn struggles into success. And if you've ever felt unhappy or stuck in your life or depressed or feel that you're just not on the right track, which should be the track of walking down your path to bliss, then you want to really tune in. And this is a perfect opportunity to take uh, time to sit back, relax, grab your favorite beverage, a piece of paper and something to write with, because I guarantee that you're going to want to take notes as to what Helen is going to share with us as to how we can turn our struggles into success. Now, Helen will endure endured her life and it wasn't really living raised in a restrictive traditional chinese american household she experienced self-esteem issues mental and physical abuse grief substance abuse betrayal and depression and i know several of us out there can all relate to some of this yet she still managed to have a successful career that allowed her to build a bit of a nest egg who wouldn't want to do that later when she invested it in a partnership with a close friend only to have her partner steal all of her assets can you believe that that betrayal was the last straw and alone in raising a son, Helen knew something had to change. And it wasn't the world around her, but it was the world within herself. And I know several of my friends are struggling with this right now. As we come into age and realize that we have a purpose here on this planet Earth, a lot of us struggle with, you know, thinking that we need to change the world outside of us. But really, we need to start inside of us. And so I'm going to stop bragging and talking about Helen and just let her come in and tell us and share with us 
some of the magnificent ways that we can take self-aid and turn inspirations um, and turn our struggles into success by being inspired by Helen. So Helen, welcome to Blissful Living. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you for having me, Rochelle. I'm so happy to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. Um, growing up in Silicon Valley, I had a you know, a ton of Chinese American friends, Japanese American friends. And um, a lot of times we don't realize, it just seems like um, the Asian society just has this perfect way of living and, you know, everything is displayed so perfectly when they're out in public. And we don't often know that there's things that happen behind the scenes, behind closed doors that other people, other races in America uh, struggle with, and it seems to be more forefront or more out there with other races, but the the Asian Americans just seem to have, you know, I like to say they just live in this little perfect bubble. So when I hear that you have these issues with self-esteem issues and mental and physical abuse and grief and substance abuse and betrayal and depression, I'm thinking, wow, you know, I wonder how many of my Asian American friends have suffered this in silence and didn't know how to go about um, handling it, right? So- yeah. It's, well, it's, it's beautiful to have you here. Thank you so much. You know what, on, based on what you just said, you know, I don't know if it happens to all different Asian cultures or all families, but definitely the Asian uh, culture, we are taught to pretty much keep a pretty good grip on things in public, meaning, meaning if there are really serious problems going on, we can't show it in public. We're good hiders of it. <laughs> it's kind of like that, um, you know, the, the stoicness. You know how um, several cultures, they 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 just display like, um, you know, the stoic face. Even, and it just appears like to the outsiders that everything is going perfectly, but that person knows that deep inside them it's not perfect. And the, and the classic example I like to bring when I think of this is the gymnast, Nadia Komenich, how when she was hitting those perfect tens at the age of 13 and, and her gymnastics and, you know, everyone else was ecstatic and you would see her and she was very stoic. She wasn't mm -hmm. displaying any emotion behind her perfect gymnastic routines. And then later, years later, you find out, you know, that, it wasn't a happy place. You know, she didn't endure a happy life. She just, you know, and so it, it, it's just very interesting how different cultures handle different things and how it's displayed or how they're taught, I guess, to display um, their persona in public. And it's, it's just very interesting, very enlightening. So I want to just jump in because self-aid as a healthcare professional, when I think of self-aid, of course, I think of me taking care of people um, and helping people to learn how to take care of themselves with regards to their health and well-being. But your self-aid actually means is an acronym, an acronym for something yeah. else. Can you share what self-aid um, means? Most definitely. These are the tools I use today to overcome every challenge. Uh, once upon a time, I was just working on it. Now I've really come to, I have to use these uh, these tools for me to overcome any challenge to win any battle in my life. Um, so self-aid, the S in self-aid stands for the title itself. It is self-aid. It is helping myself. But first and foremost, by helping myself, I have to acknowledge that I'm not perfect. I have to acknowledge that I have room for improvement. So once I can acknowledge that and say I'm not perfect, you know, I'm not, you know, I do have areas of my life I can be better at. Uh, each and every one of us, if we can come to this recognition and come to this acknowledgement, we can definitely start right there and help ourselves. And we can be much better than we were yesterday. So E stands for esteem. 
And that is not just self-esteem and confidence for yourself. It is also having esteem for others, um, admiring other people, looking at these people with these great talents and skills and saying, wow, I can learn from them. Because when we have esteem for others and ourselves, we can be a complete version of whatever it is we want to be right now. And whatever it is we want to do, we can be the best we can be. Uh, L stands for these, there's two chapters and two things I always talk about. You walk out of house, you cannot walk out of the house without them. That's love and laughter. These two things I bring with me everywhere I go. One comes with the other, the other comes, you know, with the other. And so there's just no possible way you can live without love and laughter. And I hope that everybody feels that way. Uh, F stands for freedom. This is the, probably the toughest thing to do. Uh, it took me years to let go. And this is talking about freeing yourself of all the negative emotions, anger, resentment, holding grudges, uh, blaming others, blaming yourself, learning to forgive. These are all the letting, the letting go process is probably the hardest thing that we all have to do at one point in our lives because if we don't do it, we repeat the same mistakes and we don't grow. So we have to let go. It is the hardest, but it is one step at a time. We can all do it. Um, and then the A in self-aid stands for what's very obvious to me every day now is having a good attitude. So a positive attitude goes a long way. And depending on my attitude, that can determine a good or a bad day for myself. And I, I know that that's the same way for every single person. The I stands for integrity. And for me, integrity is so huge. It is the most attractive trait in a person, in myself, in my brothers, my sisters, my friends, my business associates, my son, you know, my, our children. I find that integrity is so beautiful because, first of all, we, we talk the talk, we must walk the walk. Secondly, we don't change our integrity. We don't change ourselves just because we want to please someone. I believe that integrity, whether you're rich or poor, high or low, big or small, we should keep our integrity intact at all times. And uh, sometimes, you know, it's hard to work at, but we can we can work on that. That's very important. Um, and then the very last thing in self-aid is D for dream. And instead of just saying today, I have a dream, I hope I could do this, this, and this in the future, for my dream, it is realizing after all my challenges in this lifetime so far, thus far, I have come to know what my life purpose is now, and I am actually living in my dream. So I am actually on my journey living in the dream now, and I love every moment of it. And I hope that everyone can find that, because that is so important to find our passion. And uh, that's what self-aid stands for. And in my book, the bonus chapter at the end, of course, is something that we, we, ha we should do every single day. We could be happier people every day, and uh, that is the gratitude chapter. Always give thanks. I give thanks even when my best friend took everything from me. I was still thankful for my life, for my son's life. I was thankful that I still had clothes on my back. I was thankful that I still had something. I was still thankful for being alive. That's beautiful because so many times people get caught up in the challenges that come our way and the obstacles that be that are presented in front of us. And it's sometimes hard to be thankful or to realize that, you know, there is things to, to have gratitude for, even though we're in the midst of 
chaos, there's always something to be thankful for. And it's that being thankful, having that gratitude that helps solidify and strengthen us and energizes us to move forward as we push through these challenges and obstacles. So that's phenomenal. And I know you guys out there listening, I'm going to let Helen tell us all about her book because the book is titled Self-Aid, Inspirations to Turn, Struggles to Success. Um, And right now I want to start, Helen, what inspired you to write this book? Because, you know, I just opened up with, you know, things that everybody in America or around the world uh, deals with at one point in time in their life. Um, But not a lot of people can articulate it in a format where it's written and share that with the world. They may have a journal and keep it to themselves, but they don't articulate it and share it with the world. So what inspired you to write this book? Well, what inspired me was (laughs) having encountered so many, so many challenges and actually overcoming them. I said to myself, you know, after... After learning everything that I learned in so many of my challenges, I said to myself, wow, if, this, if it could be this simple today to overcome my new challenges, the ones that are you know, thrown at me today because I've gone through so much already, I've, if I'm able to do it in a simple form, why shouldn't I share it with the world to let them know that it can be easy? It does not have to be difficult. It does not have to be like uh, for me when I did not have um, – what do you I, – I found an inspiration – when I was depressed. Let's, put, let's just use that as an example. When I was very depressed, Ellen DeGeneres was my inspiration. For one hour a day, I was laughing, but throughout the entire rest of the day, I was miserable. I was crying. Uh, my face could not stay dry. I was literally, um, yeah, I was literally crying day in and day out. First thing I did when I woke up, tears would drip off my face. Um, last thing I did at night, tears would fall off my face, and I just could not keep a dry face. I mean, it was that difficult for me. I was in such a dark, dark place. But when I had that one hour a day when I turned on that TV and watched Ellen and I laughed for the first time in I don't know how long, I laughed and I said, wow, if I can laugh throughout this one hour, shouldn't I laugh the rest of the day too? And so then I started seeking out other inspirations. And so what caused me to write this book, because I think that when I look back at such a dark time of my life, I wished I had a simplistic way of smiling, of knowing that I can get to the next step in an easy way. So I made this book extremely simple, uh, simple reading so that people can um, associate with it at their lowest low. Because at my lowest low, there was no way I was going to read a 200 to 500 page book, okay? It was just not going to happen. <laughs> right, right. I was just, I, had no, I didn't have that focus, you know? What I needed, though, was affirmations. So my book is filled with little inspirations and affirmations. They're really uh, very, very... Um, Important people from around the world are past and from the past and present. People who have been deceased, like Martin Luther King. Um, uh, we've got uh, we've got Gandhi in there. We've got Mother Teresa. We've got all different types of people in there uh, that have given us very very important words that to live by. And I took their words and I put it in my own words, in my own actions and affirmations. They become my own words, and they're called wooisms. And so you've got a famous quote. You've got their name and you've got my version of how I took their words and lived it. Either I say it every day as an affirmation or that is what applied to me through through what they did in their lives. And so basically everyone in this world, we have a way of recovering. We just 
word it differently. Do you see what I'm saying? We all yes. have a certain way of trying to overcome our challenges, each and every one of us, big and small, past uh, you know, and present. And I want people to know that it can be simple. I, I start with just uh, affirming to myself in the mirror, I can do it today. I can do it. If I think that something's really tough, I always say to myself, I can do it, like the little engine that could. You know, um, <laughs> You know, and this is a childhood book. You know, in the in the childhood book, the little engine that could he always says, "I can do it," or "I could do it," "I could do." It. You know, I think I can. I think I can. These are such simple affirmations. People don't realize that they are so powerful. You know, you're right because it's, just, it's sometimes it's the simplest and the easiest things that have the most profound effect on our life. But because they seem so simple or so easy, people don't think they'll work. And and that little book, the engine that that could. Actually, the engine was a little girl and not a little boy. I found out. Um, I from, yeah, because <laughs> all did. these years I You're thought like... it was a little boy and it really was a little girl. So that makes it even more powerful because women have power and we have such an incredible power behind us. We don't know. And a lot of times we hide behind our, our power and uh, and don't realize that just like you said, the simplest little things that we can do can help us to stand in our power and own it and move forward through our challenges. So it's beautiful to hear that. Even in the midst of you crying in the morning and crying at night, you had that one hour a day where you, you know, looked at, watched Ellen, and I love Ellen because she's so funny. Uh, but you watched her, and you, you know were able to have a good that way. moment like this. of laughter and gratitude um, for just being able to laugh and gra- and have gratitude for that one hour, even though the rest of the time you may have been, you know, been struggling. Oh, yes. And that's what made me say to myself, golly, if I could do this for one hour, I have to try to to use some of these tools right now to to laugh the rest of the day because I was in such misery. I can't even use the words to explain to you how dark it felt. It just was a very, very uh, uncomfortable, not good place for me. And for anyone who's going through depression, uh, it's a very dark place that I, I know that you need a friend. Even at those darkest times where, uh, Rochelle, I didn't, I couldn't pick up the phone to call people because I was that depressed. Right. It was, right. And so, you know, I counted on that box, you know, I counted on that TV um, because I wouldn't talk to anyone else. And I, I was so used to being the shoulder that people cried to, not the other side. I was not used to being the person who was in trouble, you know, and I was right. in a lot of trouble because I was in a very dark place. Um, very sad. And the emotions that were like taking over my body, I was not used to. It was just, I was in such a, a, you know, a difficult place. And Ellen, not knowing she did it, but she does it for everybody, I'm sure. It's not just right. me. But yeah, I, I watched just an hour of her and wow, that was a pick me up of the day. See, that's beautiful. So you found something that, that helped you and you, you hung on to it and then you took it and, and, you know, tried to incorporate it in more times during the day of those 24 hours. Maybe you start with one and then you, it's one and a half hours and then two and then you start just, it just starts emanating from you as, as much as you possibly can let it go out. And I, I totally can relate to, you know, you saying you're the one that people would come and they would cry on your shoulders, but you wouldn't cry on theirs. And I, and I can, I know there's a lot of people out there can relate to that because um, sometimes it's very difficult for us to being the person that people come to and express their grief or what they're going to, um, to do that on the other end, to express our grief and, and, and what's going on within is our depression, our sadness, our, you know, self-esteem issues, because we're not used to being in that light 
we're used to people coming to us, but we're not used to sharing that. And it can be very, very difficult within itself to take that first step forward to share what's going on with you because people look at you like, you're the perfect one. You, you know, you're all, exactly. everything always seems to be flowing right in your life. And in, in essence, you could be in a very dark place and, and they don't even know it. And you just don't know how to reach out and tell them until you take that first step. Now, I like, you know, you mentioned the Wu-isms, and I love that because that's so cool how you took um, some of these very powerful affirmations that some of these very spiritual and, you know, highly enlightened um, people have given to us, and you used theirs, but you also took what that, say, you know, affirmation said to you and put it in your own words. Can you give us an example of how... Um, of, of one affirmation that you did that with? Oh, definitely. Um, let's see. Let me just see. In the beginning of my book, um, let's say it says, put your heart, mind, and soul into even your smallest acts. This is the secret to success. That's Swami Sivananda. And uh -huh. um, that, I think that's the, the person that created yoga, I believe. Okay, and so here's my wisdom. Each and every one of us is put on earth here to make a difference. It is our duty to let our individuality shine. So I take, yes, their words, and I put it into my own words and my own actions because they have inspired me. And so I took their inspiration and whatever it is I learned from it and actually apply it to my own life is what my wisdom becomes. So you'll see wisdoms throughout the whole book. Oh, that's beautiful. I have a, uh, I have a mentor and she's a really good friend. And she always says that it's your purpose. It's your gift. It's your destiny to share what your gift is with the world. And if you don't share that gift with the world, then you're actually doing yourself and the world a disservice. And that what you just said was just absolutely just reminds me of my Lisa, because she says that time and time again. And each time she says it, if I hear her speak or I'm at an event of hers or whatever, it always speaks to me in a different way. And you're right. The, um, um, Swami Shivananda was a, a part of a, uh, yoga and, and I'm an um, Ayurvedic practitioner. So all of that, what that person shared and enlightened the world with um, is, is totally true and it's possible. It's just, we have to learn how to incorporate it into our life like you did. So it has true meaning for you so that you can go forth and, and, you know, share your gift with the world. Now, is there any one thing you can say about yourself now that you couldn't say, itself, say about yourself years ago? Oh, so many, so many. I mean, it's the greatest difference from me now and me 10 years ago. I mean, first and foremost, I couldn't even say to you 10 years ago that I needed improvement. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> honestly, you know, at one point in our lives, we just think we're perfect. <laughs> but well, girl, we're we not. We are perfect. We just have, you know, <laughs> you know little challenges. <laughs> You know, at one point in my life, I just wasn't there to, to try to heal myself, to try to learn, to try to be better every day. You know, today, you know, even though I've encountered so many challenges and learned so much, I still have so much room for improvement. And I keep working on myself today. So so back then, um, maybe 20 years ago, 15 years ago, and 10 years ago, you know, just slowly but surely, little bits and pieces started applying into my own life and me wanting to seek for myself the authentic me. Um, once upon a time, I was out to impress others, not to really be my true self. Today, I am completely and utterly me. What you see is what you get. What 
how what I'm how I'm talking to you today is how I would talk to myself in front of a mirror. I mean, I am very very much comfortable in my own skin today. I am completely myself. If I say something that you don't like and you want to walk away from, I apologize. I'm not trying to hurt you, but I am being completely myself. And so. I really, I think the difference is that I know that I can improve and I know that I've come a long way. I have more room for improvement, but I am so much, so much a clearer headed, headed person than I was 10, 15, 20 years ago, or well, especially 20 years ago. But I wasn't in a place um, of wanting to be better 20 years ago. At 15, maybe I was starting to say, oh my goodness, life can be better. At 10 years, you know, I still made a lot of the same mistakes. I didn't apply all my self-aid tools that I was learning. Really, in the the last six, seven years of my life, I really felt uh, I blossomed. I really felt that I completely, utterly forgave everything in my past that was not good, not right, that um, I held resentment for. I forgave myself for things. I forgave every single human being that I think ever hurt me without even hearing an apology. My heart just forgives now, and I don't hold grudges. Um, I used to be, uh, I think, a person that when someone does harm to me or my friends or my family, I'd be like, oh, they're going to get it. They watched it. Watch what they got. And, you know, I, I would have hard feelings. Oh, that's beautiful because I can so relate to that. So this is, I'm going to open up another question here because I know there are people that are like, dang, this is so me or I, I do that. <laughs> how did you, how did you transform that? Because, um, you know, how did you transform from, you know, holding people accountable or being, um, you know, unforgiving of those that have hurt you or even unforgiving of yourself. What was the first thing you did that helped you to turn that around and let all that, I'm going to just say it because I'm like you, I just, I tell it like it is, not meaning to hurt people's feelings, but that's just the way it is. How did you let go of all that bullshit? Because that's what it is. And, oh. and really turn it around so that you could forgive and you didn't hold resentment and, you know, you were able to overcome this. What was the first thing that you did? What was the first thing that you can remember doing that helped solidify that change? Well, the first thing, I don't know what the first thing was because I know that it was such a um, a progress type of thing that I did. I think one of the first things is saying to myself that I can't change them. I could change myself only. Um, I honestly cannot sit around and wait for other people to change if I want the situation to be better or if I want to feel no anger for them. I've got to come from a place from within myself. I had to let go. I had to just say, you know what? No matter what happens from here on forward, no matter how bad the situation was in the past, I can't blame them forever. I can't because they are on their own path. I'm on one path. They're on another. I can only better my own life right now, right here. I cannot tell someone else to change, tell someone else to say sorry, tell someone else to be a better person. I can only tell myself and help myself be better. Oh, I like that. And, you know, and I think that's where the progress started. I struggle with that, and I know there are people out there listening. Yeah, the progress started, I think, when I just uh, admitted to myself that the only person I can change is myself. And if I want to be a better person, I have to start with me. Now, um, I know, are you in San Francisco Bay Area? I'm born and raised there. I live in Southern California now. No wonder we're, like, clicking, because, you know, I'm in the (laughs) Bay Area. Growing up in the, I'm actually a Silicon Valley person, but... Um, you know, grew up in the Silicon Valley, but it's still the Bay Area. And I think of the Bay Area, San Francisco Bay Area, totally rocks. And so when you guys listening here, you got two kick-ass chicks that are sharing 
um, I'm just inter- I'm just chatting with Helen, but Helen is sharing stuff that I know many, many, many people out there can relate to or is going through, having challenges with. And I'm, again, telling you, you need to be taking notes because what she's sharing is powerful and it can help transform your life into something much better if you're in a deep, dark place. And I'm going to highly suggest you pick up her book and we're going to tell you how to get all of that and how to connect with her. But right now, I just want to keep having her give us words of wisdom and tools to help us as we try to use her inspiration for self a to turn our struggles into success. Now, Helen, is there one thing or any one thing that you can say about yourself that you couldn't say about yourself 10 years ago? Like for instance, um, you know, even admitting that, you know, you suffered, uh, you know, the abuse, is, is there something that you can share with the listeners that, someone out there might be able to relate to that could help them, you know, change things around beginning today? Well, yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty similar to what I just mentioned. The one very specific thing I can say right now is that I forgive other people, period. Um, I think that years ago I was a very unforgiving person. I think that I couldn't forgive. I think that I held on to grudges. Holding on to grudges, by the way, I hope people understand that. It's only detrimental to yourself, not to the other person you're fighting with or battling with. It's only detrimental to ourselves because we can't move on. And when we can't move on, we can't succeed at anything. We're going to be dormant in what we're working on, or we're going to always repeat the same mistakes. I mean, forgiveness is one of the biggest things I think I ever did in my long, you know, uh, I say long life, I'm 45, um, but in my struggles, in all my struggles, I think that the reason why I can overcome them, not quicker per per se, yeah, I could say quicker, well, maybe smoother, let's put it that way. I know when a challenge comes today, I can do it in a quicker or smoother fashion because I am completely forgiven. Uh, I've, I've completely forgiven all the things that have happened to me that I've held grudges on, including myself, because I hated myself for a while, you know? I did this right. wrong, I did that wrong, I blamed myself for this and that, and I completely forgave, because you know what? I come from a place of just, my, like, my, my, my heart is completely open now. I do not have any ill wishes upon others. Once upon a time, what, like I said earlier, if someone did something horrible, I would be like, you are going to get yours, you know? And that's a horrible <laughs> way of going into to, to, to life, you know, to think that just because they did wrong, an eye for an eye, that's not the way to do it. I only send love now. I send love and say, oh my goodness, I hope that they can be better one day or starting now because I can only work on myself. The rest of this beautiful informative, and wonderful conversation will continue in part two, airing next week. I invite you to join us next week as we continue the conversation. Thank you for joining Rochelle Marie Lawson on Blissful Living. To contact Rochelle Marie and to find out more about Blissful Living, click on Blissful Living for You link right here on the Blissful Living Network. Catch all the Blissful Living episodes on demand and available for download 24-7 on blissfullivingforyou.com. Until next week, may your life be filled with peace, wellness, abundance, and prosperity.